Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the Down on the Docks, on the other side of the tracks, dive bar style podcast of and about and surrounding the Seattle Mariners right here on the Odyssey app, the free Odyssey app, or hey, listen... I'm not going to judge where you're getting this as long as you're liking, subscribing, and checking out the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. And that goes for YouTube as well. Also, if you'd not say hello yet to us, hit us up on the socials, add us, we'll add you, we'll follow, we'll talk, we'll interact. This can be a very interactive experience for you. Also, if you're kind of like, man, on the podcast, but you like that Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast gear, you want to get the street cred, wear it, the Rye Bread, hit up at simply.cora, that's at simply.cora on Instagram or Etsy. All right, that's all the house cleaning I'm going to do today for today's episode. We got to do a little house cleaning because we have a guest, we have a guest I'm talking to stand-up comedian Billy DeVore, also a Cincinnati Reds fan, also the owner and proprietor of the new Nasty Boys podcast that you should check out. It's a Cincinnati Reds podcast, but also a fun baseball podcast. We're going to get into that right after we just kind of soak up getting back on the winning sides of things. And here to do that with me, up in Edmonds, is our man, Hanno and Edmonds. What's going on, Hanno? What's going on, Hanno? Not much. Like you said, it was nice to salvage a game in this uh, series against the Reds and uh, on to Tampa. Yeah, everybody was pretty glued to the TV here throughout the game. Uh, I just did the interview we'll listen to. I just did the conversation with Billy kind of right when the game was starting. And uh, I have to say they had a they have a pretty good crowd here and everybody was pretty damn invested into this game which is good to see because you go on mariners twitter when the mariners have lost three games in a row and quite a bit of games this week considering what we've seen uh last month it was good to see that everybody here was rooting on the team and very excited to see the mariners victory yeah it was exciting they uh got out to that uh well they didn't get out to the lead but came right back with that big home run from ford and then a couple more another big hit home run by jp and uh, Logan pitched okay. Yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, and they played add-on. We we learned in this series, uh, especially yesterday, that, hey, listen, uh, it used to be four and a half runs. I think that was the the average or the 
number you wanted to hit the high water mark for our pitching staff and our bullpen. But listen, we've talked about it over and over. They've been used. They've been run ragged. We've lost Paul Seawald. Everybody knows the story. So it was nice to see the Mariners keep tacking runs on, and especially not just with home runs. Of course, there was quite a bit of home runs in this game. There's shit. There's been 14 home runs on this road trip, but the Mariners were able to get a couple other runs on the board, especially the ones coming off the bat of Ty France, which is uh, a sight for sore eyes, I think is an understatement. Yeah, really nice to see him have a nice game, couple walks, uh, big hits with RBIs. Good to see Gino trugging along the bases. Uh, um, if you're watching the game, you saw the uh, reaction from Scott Service saying, wow, I had the same thing when the ball was hit down the left field line and then the camera panned to Gino rounding second. You could tell he was on his horse. Uh, and, uh, you know, with knowing the relay man is Eli um, De La Cruz, you know there's going to be a co close play at the plate. But like I said, uh, Gino was hustling and there wasn't even a throw. It was a big moment uh, in that inning to uh, give you a five spot. Yeah, I did catch that. I did see uh, Scott Service, I think, mouth to him. That's the fastest I've ever seen you run. Uh, I thought I was watching Ken Griffey Jr. going first to third. I was starting to have some flashbacks there. And you're right with Ellie De La Cruz. Here comes a, you know, 105-mile-an-hour slider coming to the plate. You know it's coming. One, you want to beat the throw. Two, I wouldn't want to be hit by that thing. Yeah, he showed throughout the series how he can impact the game. I mean, I knew that coming in. Probably most fans know that of watching highlights and following along in baseball. He's uh, just an incredible shortstop. Got a cannon of an arm, got speed, got power. Uh, really exciting to watch him go against the Mariners this series. But unfortunately, he impacted the game uh, at least a couple times throughout the series. But, uh, yeah, big hits. Um Big moment for me in that game was uh, that inning when uh, they took out Logan. Uh, knew he had, they mentioned he had quite a few strikeouts. So I was like, nine strikeouts, nice. That sounds good. He's kind of cruising, but, uh, you know, he got a guy on, and Scott had the quick hook. Maybe had to do with what he how he looked or the small ballpark. But then I go back and look at his stats. I mean, he gave up seven hits as well. So it was a little surprising. I didn't follow the game that closely. I mean, I had it on and was watching, but – Bringing in Brash there and having that big uh, moment. I mean, he gave up the hit and then he got, he locked everything down. He got the big strikeout for out number two and then the ground out. So, yeah, that was the big moment for me and during the game. And um, Scott mentioned that as much after the game for him as well. So it's nice to see that lockdown moment from Matt Brash. Absolutely. That was a, that was a great feeling. I mean, I, I want to say all these home runs, there's always that reaction but when that brash inning came this place erupted all 30 or 40 people that were here out here on the patio on kind of a delayed response i already had seen it happen and then all of a sudden you just heard a, ah! it, was a it was a lot of fun uh, mariners fans were charged up um you know and you also see suarez go in and get some sort of positive momentum there in game two we all know what happened uh, there in the ninth, again, you talked about Ellie De La Cruz just killing you with that speed. You catch him once earlier in the game, not going to catch him again. To be fair to Munoz, 
you know, both of those balls in game two weren't hit very hard. He does come out here and give up a home run, lets a guy on base, but still it was a padded lead. I thought it was a smart move by Scott Service and Pete Woodworth and or the computer, whatever decides uh, to have whatever, whatever, whoever makes the decisions to have somebody go out there in the ninth. I like to see him go out there and just kind of get some sort of good feeling and be part of the happy dance. Yeah. I mean, he didn't pitch that or He didn't throw that many pitches in game two. Like you mentioned, um, it was just kind of a quick wham, bam, couple bleeders, one infield hit and one through the hole, like you mentioned and game over with the speed and the, of uh, De La Cruz, but yeah, they brought him back out. Um, yeah, I could see that for a confidence thing. I mean, for me, with watching the Mariners bullpen, they've been terrible through September. I know it's just been a week or so, and that's been the road trip. They just have not been good. So the confidence level with guys is down. But yeah, you want to get him back out there and feeling good. And I agree with you, that pitch that he threw, he gave up for the home run. It was unfortunate, but uh the guy made a good swing on it. It's a small yard. I mean, it, it happens, but uh, came back with a couple strikeouts, and he should feel good about himself on the flight down to Tampa. Uh, you know, offensively today, we see JP going deep again. We see Ford going deep. Uh, we did not see Julio go deep today, which is pretty rare in the last couple of days. Uh, we also saw Cal go deep. Uh, am I missing anybody in this game? No, it's, I'm glad you brought it up. It was nice to see uh, some, you know, games that Julio doesn't have his best game offensively. Seems like the Mariners struggle at times. So, yeah, big big thing for the Mariners to have guys step up, like you mentioned, with the long ball from all those guys. And, uh, I mean, we talked about it here just a second ago. Ty France and uh, Eugenio, they've been struggling, and they each got a couple hits. So, hopefully they're uh, – uh, headed in the right direction, and this team can uh, – I mean, they're putting up runs um, for the most part. It's just kind of been tough bullpen-wise and pitching, and that's just unheard of from this Mariner club. So hopefully they can put it all together here. and uh, uh, They win today if they can sweep Tampa Bay, which is a tall task to ask. They're going to have a winning road trip. If they can win three of four down there – uh, we're going to end up having a 500 road trip. We also knew that going into this month, it was, you know, against some of these people that you're competing with for spots. We know Texas and Houston are coming up, but even Tampa Bay right here, you got to go out and you got to win these series now. Uh, I mean, you had to do that in the first place, but you, it's, you're in a dog fight with Houston that, yeah, they got swept by the Yankees, the young Yankees uh, at home, but it seems like, Houston's heating back up, and this is what uh, championship teams do. It's September baseball. Oh, for sure. Um, they've gotten Michael Brantley back. Uh, he looks like he hasn't missed a beat. He's already got a couple home runs. But, yeah, the Houston's, they've shown it for, what, five, six years in a row now, being the league or getting in the playoffs, winning the West. I mean, it's, it's going to come down to there's four teams, like you mentioned, uh, Houston, us, Texas, and Toronto, and there's only really three spots. So, yeah, you got to keep uh, keep pace with everybody else. We're hoping that they the Mariners can get a little padding on the standings uh, against some of these teams. But, yeah, it's every team that we're playing here on out uh, is a good team. Well, every Major League Baseball team is a good team, so you can't 
you can't go in there thinking it's going to be a cakewalk. And I know the Mariners don't. It just comes down to executing uh, clutch base hits, just normal baseball stuff. And hopefully the Mariners can keep it going. I mean, I hopefully at the worst would only like to see uh, a split going into Tampa, but anything more would be gravy. Yeah. You never know. You might go down there and, uh, have some situations like we were down in Anaheim and you just break their spirit and send them in the other direction with a, with a big four game sweep. That would be, uh, I'd love to see that sweep would be awesome. I know it wasn't a rubber match win, uh, but listen, they, they left New York um, with not a happy flight first series loss in a long time uh, or first road series loss in a long time. Today you avoid the sweep. But also we saw a lot of positive things like we talked about a little bit early. Some add-on runs, some manufactured runs. But yeah, it was really fun watching the Cincinnati Reds and the Mariners lock it up. We've had a lot of trades. We've had a lot of history in the last couple of years. And just going back throughout time, Mariners and Reds have always made a splash with these trades. That's why I want to sit down and talk with Billy DeVore, Funny stand-up comedian, also hosts the new Nasty Boys podcast, a Reds podcast. We sat down and we talked earlier, right when this game was starting. I had a really good time talking about, you know, the trades, talking about uh, what the town feels like in Cincinnati with Lou Pinella. We all love Lou Pinella, you know, but how does the town of Cincinnati, where he brought a world title, feel about him, even though he was there? with a shorter situation, how they feel about the big Castillo trade and the Winker trade and the Suarez trade now and what he was thinking about then. And just his, you know, outside point of view of what the Mariners are doing and how he thinks the best fit in baseball for Otani is with the Seattle Mariners. Oh, I had a fun time talking about it. You checked it out. what do you think about this? Yeah, I think it's really cool always to get, uh, the team you're playing, uh, one of their fans' perspective. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool for you guys to uh, have that conversation together. We can check that out right after this. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus we have a guest actually 
from the Queen City right now. Let me introduce to you one of the co-hosts of the Nasty Boys podcast, Billy DeVore. There you go. Here's a big reveal. Hey. Check this out on. Yay. What's going on, Billy? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. And uh, currently sitting in the Queen City in my office. This, I, I know it doesn't look like it. It's, it's not very impressive. <laughs> yeah, it just looks like I'm doing one of those like prison hotline things where it's like, yes. hi, I'm inmate 4716 looking for true love like that. I yes. know it looks like that, but uh, yeah, just haven't decorated yet. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm hanging out down here at the boxcar ale house in magnolia fun place to watch the seattle mariners game do a little karaoke uh nice little dive bar it's been around here since forever since uh the turn of the world you know so in a, in uh, a good way in a good way it looks like it it does <laughs> like it, it just really looks does. cozy go ahead it just, right. it just looks like a nice clean friendly place to black out you know yeah, <laughs> exactly. You can ask my cousin. He'll he'll vouch for all that. Or actually, he won't remember. But uh, yeah, they have a section here. I was showing you before we started recording. It's I think from the 2003 or 2004 season. It's the 25th anniversary. I went to Seattle Public Schools. I'm not that great with math, but I just want to say it's probably from the time when the Mariners were coming out of that glorious window uh, and they must've got a pretty good price for it, but it's, it's actually got cleat marks on it and everything. So uh, Billy, uh, you do a podcast uh, out there called the new nasty boys. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So I've been doing that. This is our fifth season. It's myself and Chris Weir. We're both stand up comics here in Cincinnati who tour the country and both love baseball. So we figured, hey, comedy and baseball go hand in hand. Might as well talk about it every week. Um, yeah, I like it. Thanks, man. It's mostly Reds, but then also we kick off the show talking about the crazy stuff that happens, you know, weekly across the league. Like, you know, what happened in Chicago with the, the lady who snuck the gun in her fat folds. Did you see that? <laughs> yes, yes, it I was, did see that. Oh, it was so funny. But, we, you know, we cover cr crazy stuff like that, you know, and all that. So um yeah and it's it's great you can check us out at the new nasty boys literally everywhere so you can't miss us yeah and if you're a rye bread listener very topical when they do their next episode they'll be talking about what's happened here in this mariner city at the time of this recording you got two of them on us yeah. <laughs> you got a walk off yesterday and you know uh Saturday, I mean, on a, sorry, on Labor Day, he, you avoided uh, Julio twice with, uh, what, once with the bases loaded, was it twice with the bases loaded, once with the bases mm -hmm. loaded, two guys on, uh, yeah. got him on the strikeout. I was, uh, I was really sweating it out and not because I was hung over from the night before, but it, yeah. it, it was brutal. <laughs> I mean, him and Tay Oscar have been the hottest batters since, you know, August 1st. They've just been carrying the M's. And, uh, and well, big dumpers helped, of course, but those guys coming alive in the trade, it's just like looking at that lineup. And I was there at the game last night where I was like, oh, man, just get around Julio. Just get just get around him. He's only yeah. like, you know, a generational talent. And yeah, it was it was nice to see on Monday they got around him. And then last night they didn't lose in spite of him. Yeah, and I look the same way. I look over at your guys' lineup. Uh, I've heard, I've seen the highlights. It's the first time I've checked out Ellie De La Cruz, the other 44 across the diamond. Man, that guy, that guy's a game changer. I mean, on Labor Day, a couple of hip pocket rockets, about 95, just to 
you know, to yeah. first base. Um, you know, he's he's uh, just one of these players that you notice him on the field just from his size, his speed. Um, we haven't seen any power from him this series, but I mean, just there in game two, once he hit that ball on the ground, I, I looked over to my cousin, we were watching the game. And I go, I think we might lose this game. Cause he's pretty much going to end up on second base. Yeah. You can, you can almost assume that a single is either a double or triple because he's yeah. just going to take second and third, but he did get into trouble with that last night where he was stealing or he got caught stealing early that is one of the flaws with this ball club is that their, their aggressiveness on the base pat base passers. Oh, it's great. It's awesome. It's fun watching these gazelles roll around. Yeah. But dude, when, when it costs you outs, it's not as much fun like against the series no. against the Cubs, uh, Saturday, Saturday night. I mean, they gave up four outs. They just handed them over stealing and being aggressive too early. So, and uh, with Ellie De La Cruz, Ellie is the most exciting guy that plays baseball right now. I mean, what he does is phenomenal. He's the fastest guy in baseball, hits the baseball a million miles an hour and can hit it over the Ohio river. But exactly. I, 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 I compare him to a Lamborghini right now. He's really fast, does a lot of cool stuff, but it's not, he's not practical. He's not day to day really good yet, which again, mm -hmm. he's only played in 70 some odd games. Sure. But he's, you're not taking your Lamborghini to pick up groceries. <laughs> no you're not you're no. calling uber Eats. yeah uh, right i'm calling matt mcclain and i'm getting my minivan and i'm hopping and i'm driving over because that thing's yeah. consistent and gets the job done well you mentioned he got caught earlier in the game and i was watching the game with my cousin up here in seattle and he goes oh when i said that hey he's gonna end up on second base watch just you might as well just put him on second base and speed up the game here and he goes what are you talking about rally threw him out earlier and i go do you think that's going to happen again? It's not going to happen again. <laughs> this game. And they got him because they I think they got him earlier in that game because of just a pick by our second baseman Rojas, where it was just a like, look what I found, and it was right in his chest. And then yeah. you know, he he the only he was tagging him by the back of his ankle there in the second inning. I mean in the well, ninth inning there. Well, it also didn't hurt that the pitch was high, so it was easy for a rally to, well, big dumper to pop up, have an easy transition and gun. Like, if that thing was in the dirt, Ellie would have been safe. Yeah, and you can't throw over more than once on this guy because if you give him that, you know, two disengagements, man, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah. I, what, like, you have to either order a pitch out or just throw over. You can't throw over to first base. You got to hope he, you can catch him coming back because you know he's taking off. And yeah. uh, just wanted to show you this. I, this wasn't planned here, but they, this is kind of the dive bar where you get the free newspaper at the bar. Real respectable yeah. place. In color. It says, M's dropped third in a row. Fall out of division lead. And there is your boy, Ellie, oh. right there on the front, sliding. Seattle Man. Times. <laughs> right there. That's, that rules. I got to give this back to my union rep here. You know, uh, <laughs> but, uh um, yeah, I mean, the fact that I like yesterday getting to watch Julio go left field, right field, watching to see how locked in compared to when we met when I was out there in May. Yeah. Compared to now, it, it's night and day. He doesn't look lost. He, Julio seems like he has a uh, firm command of the strike zone, like where where he wants to live, knows what pitches he's hunting. And it's just it, it's just incredible. Um, 
and lastly, I uh, well, when I was there in May, I was out in Edgar's Cantina. That's where we met. Yeah, and so to uh, and and last night I was 15 rows behind the visiting dugout, so I got to see the trident up close and personal. That thing's beautiful. It is. It is a heavy piece of metal. They actually have like a case that it goes in. Uh, J.P. Crawford. I don't know if you know the history. J.P. Crawford's the one that got it for the team. But I, I do remember that. And I already lost the over-under when there was going to be some kind of like injury or something from it that they were going to have to get rid of this, this, this trident. But man, it's broken. It's been broke once. And apparently it's rumored that Ty France did it, I believe. And I believe that somebody, whoever broke it, whoever did, tried to put it back together and not telling anybody. And then <laughs> they grabbed it and something happened. But I love your guys' home run celebration. I had not seen that. You know, I'm, I'm part Norwegian. I'm you know originally here from the Northwest. Mm-hmm. I always like this whole like Viking thing you got going on there. Yeah, so the origins for that was uh, Reds legend Luis Sesa, start who started the year with us, and then uh, I think he had to. I think he's now working at Target or Midas. I don't know, but yes, he's out of the league. Yeah, <laughs> he looked at uh, Jake Fraley and he was like, "Who also ex Mariner? Mariner was yeah." It was like you. You look like a Viking. You look like a Viking. So when you hit a home run, here's his helmet. He got the helmet. Then he bought the cape, and so now whenever somebody hits a home run. Boom, put the helmet Boom. on. And then say someone gets a double, you row the boat, row the Viking boat okay. so that we can get to the dinger. Yeah, it's it's pretty rad. I love it. I like how that all it all plays together in one. The Mariners, um, for the most part, they all have an individual uh on base double one. Canzone does kiss. Uh, yes. Julio does the keep it rolling. Uh Teoscar Hernandez kind of does a keep it rolling, but it almost looks like a fishing fishing thing i think yeah. uh rojas brought over the arizona diamondbacks one he did in the diamondbacks but which is just a thumbs up uh <laughs> but he's kind of got that scott bayo look to him so it plays it play it, it works it yeah cal raleigh i don't think does anything he's a he's a throwback he's definitely a throwback kind of guy i think he he's i have to yeah. actually see if he does anything because i think he, the only thing he does is he takes off his shin guard and gives it to the mm. to the base coach that's his celebration well, he just turns around and shows everybody that big old dumper, dude. That's all you need. Yeah. Our, so all of our celebrations flow together. So I call it the RCU, the Red Cinematic Universe. It's really nice and clean. It is. It's yeah. very thought out. Why Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. We have the one and only Mr. Tom Hutler. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. Thank you for having me. There was one time I came out of a watering hole in West Seattle. <laughs> and somebody and, and this guy had been overserved. I came out of the restaurant and he goes, You're the you're the Mariner guy? I go, Yeah. And he goes, Could you do Ken Griffey Jr.? And I said, Okay. So I did it. And he goes, You're a great man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariner's podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. We're seeing here in this series, this is the first time I think, yes, this is the first time we've locked up since the Castillo trade. This is the first time the Mariners have mm-hmm. come back to Cincinnati with some of your Cincinnati Reds. So here's a question for you. Let's just go back uh, to the, uh, spring training 2022. Uh, how'd you feel about that trade when you guys sent over uh, rye bread and mustard uh 2022 whipping boy uh award winner jesse winker and uh uh eugenio suarez and in return i think you guys got justin dunn jake fraley and did you get 
Williamson, did he come in that trade to you guys? Uh-huh. And you're forgetting one more and one more. Connor Phillips. Connor he Phillips. was the player he in his labor. Yep. Um, at first, I mean, we were pretty upset because 2021, we were so close. You know, we were finally over 500 and we felt like we were getting over the hump. But um, it, it, as soon as the lockout happened, those trades happened. So it was just this immediate, like, you know, we're going up the hill on the roller coaster. And we're like, this could be a good team. We've got all these guys in place. Most of them are coming back. Maybe they'll add a one or two small pieces. And then, boom, a Eugenio, you know, Cincinnati, one of Cincinnati's favorite boys, him and Winker. Yeah. Like, they grew up in our farm. Like, you know, Winker grew up in our farm system. And a Eugenio came over with the Alfredo Simon trade, but still, like, you know, came up in 17, 18, 19. And we really, you know, bonded with those guys. I was, I was bummed at first. And then I sat down to think about it, you know, before I made a harsh reaction or went crazy. I was like, you know, Nick crawl knows what he's doing. Jesse Winker has a, is an injury history. Who knows? This is the peak value here. And you're getting a Eugenio off the books and you're basically trading you know, to get a Eugenio Suarez to be Kyle Seeger 2.0, which is what's happened. Mm -hmm. Dingers, blocks. Yeah, it's strikeouts. So, and a lot of RBIs. I was like, all right, but it's a lot of young haul. Young, it's a young haul, a lot of young pitching. So we'll see how it plays out. Justin Dunn hasn't worked, but Justin Dunn has pitched maybe 12 times in the majors. He, that guy's always hurt. He was hurt mm -hmm. with you guys fairly often. Yeah, he was. So. He was. In 2021, he was... I don't know. Yes, 2021, uh, the year that we were a little bit ahead of schedule there, Seegers last year. Justin Dunn, up to his injury, was the best pitcher on the Mariners. That was healthy. That was plain. And then he went yeah. away. And then, yeah, it was, you know, Marco and uh, um, uh, Tyler Anderson, or sorry, Tyler Anderson mm -hmm. and him and Flexen were, you know, one and two basically. His injury happened. Then we ended up getting Tyler Anderson down the stretch. But I was kind of like, damn, I did like him. But I did know what Winker had did the year before. Suarez was the one that, and even with my eyes that I saw, I would go to there to spring training. I've been over to Goodyear. I've, you know, I go to Peoria every year. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was kind of like, ooh, well, we, let's just hope this Winker guy gets off. I understand. And, like, I literally mm -hmm. did a 180. And, yes, could imagine how beloved he could be. I mean, we love this dude. You know, he's got the binoculars. Uh, <laughs> he's he's just a lot of fun. He's literally the man in the dugout. I mean, in the clubhouse. Uh, I know they say JP is, and this is Julio's team, but I think everything goes and stops, at least with the position players through a Eugenio. Agreed. I mean, it's good vibes only. That's that's all yeah. Eugenio, baby. I mean, like he's just a good, nice guy who he's just always positive. You need that guy around. You need someone who's just going to be like, it's going to loosen up the mood and just be like, yeah, come on. Good vibes only. Mm -hmm. And he provided that. What was so dis what was so disappointing was when Winker left and went over to the Mariners. I was in shock of how bad of a season he had. And then also the end, how his teammates just hated him. It wasn't surprising to me because I go to the games in Anaheim and because of the way they play, I can usually sit right behind the dugout. I was there <laughs> during the, the brawl. I made it to the second part of the brawl. Missed the first oh, nice. part. I was there when the gum throwing happened. Uh, you know, all the good stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But 
I do have to say, you could kind of see the body language on Winker. Uh, not that I'm judging people on how they jog back to the dugout, but it, it was like that kind of stuff um, that kind of seemed, he didn't seem like always dialed in. He just, a lot of gazing around, but I said, well, maybe that's just his laissez-faire, you know, attitude the way he has it. And that works for some people, but I think like, this is kind of like a hard-nosed grinding team, or at least it was last year. And, you know, he had a few other guys in the dugout, but it was very strange that they just had him not around. I mean, he wasn't even in the dugout during the playoffs, yeah. which, you know, that's, that's not good. I mean, they, and then yeah. they said it, maybe it was because of his neck, but it was like, I'm sure there's things that you could wear somewhere you could sit and be around, but you never know. I mean, I'm not yeah. questioning them, but sure. He had two, he had a shoulder issue and a neck issue coming up with the team. Um, and so to okay. get an extremely productive season out of him and then flip him for what we got uh, in retrospect, it's huge. It was huge for us to help jumpstart the rebuild. Yeah. It was just surprising at the time. And it's also just disappointing. It didn't work out because you know, he had, he never adjusted to the bigger ballpark. You could see those. There's like, I watched a highlight reel of his first like 15 swings or 15 hits. What would have been. And those, there were five in there that would have been homers at great American. And you could see sure. him, he was getting ready to pimp it. And then it's just like right at the warning track where it's like, mm -hmm. he, he just was like, I, I don't know what to do. Cause that ballpark tr can kill power hitters. And that's what he yeah. was. And you've been to both ballparks. So you've been in both ballparks. Obviously, yeah. if you look at the dimensions, you can tell, you can tell by the climate. It's this is not this is not a park to come and hit home runs in it unless you're hitting the big colossal shots. You know, right. And Jesse Winker is a line drive, very good line drive hitter when he's on. I will go back and I watch his red highlights, and it's like that player never really got activated. And you talk about a few of his first hits at the beginning of the year that you're like hey that would have been out here in cincinnati there's even at the beginning of the year he got like two home runs robbed from him i think one was in chicago and mm -hmm. uh one was in new york so i mean right off the bat he just got a lot of bad luck i remember talking yep. about him at the beginning going this is a lot of bad luck but that was last year uh yeah. <laughs> jesse winker and i know some of my listeners are gonna be like you're talking about him myron you swore you'd never bring his name up again well you can blame I me had, man it's a, it's I my had, fault we just wanted to know why we just wanted to know why <laughs> uh but um you know obviously the luis castillo trade was huge in game two we got to see a lot of parts of that trade we got to see novel Marte. um I get his very first home run against the Mariners. We also saw yesterday the starter that was his major league uh, debut. Um, mm -hmm. That was a player to be named later. Um, you know, you're missing Castillo by one day, I believe, on this rotation. I'd really like to see him pitch against you guys. I did. I would have too, man. I mean, Luis was such a beast, and it was it. it he was so great here, but. Looking at it now, he just fits in what Seattle does and what they do with their with their their pitching system. I mean, lots of spin, and his changeup is just so disgusting. It's the best in baseball. So you got somebody who his idea of how to pitch pairs with the philosophy that you have there, and it's like also nice year rounds. You don't have to pitch in humidity constantly. And oh, right. I don't know. You can, you can actually throw a 97 mile an hour fastball up and it's not going to leave the yard every time. Right. 
it, it, it is a good fit. It is a good place for him to pitch. Also, I'm looking at you guys going like, where were you last year? The Mariners were kind of in that position of like, yeah, we should be going for it last year. I mean, we, we mm-hmm. had the big winning streak. We were just in a different place than you guys are now. But now I look at Marte on your guys' playing third base for you guys next to De La Cruz. And I look at that left side of the infield and I go, man, that now that's how you build a team. Because Marte, there was a lot of people upset about that, giving him up in that trade from the Seattle side. Would I do it again? Yes, because of where we're where we're at right now. And we got Luis to sign for five yeah. more years. So, you know, I, I really do like these trades that work out for both teams. You never want to be like, you fleece the guy because if you fleece somebody, you're, they're probably not going to do business again. Right. And even with the Winker Eugenio trade, we didn't fleece you. You didn't have room for all of those dudes that you shipped over yeah. aside from Williamson and Phillips. But then if you look at the rest of like your guys' minor league system, it's stacked with young pitching. You know, it is. you wouldn't have been able to start woo. You wouldn't have been able to like get Miller, get get him rolling early because you had other guys developing in front of him. So mm-hmm. yeah, that worked out for both sides. And you're getting Gino's production for still a really good price point. Like, yeah, and his defense has just been out of this world this year as well. That's been the main thing where the power production's been down, the strikeouts are still there, the RBIs are still there. The average is about where it's at. The the trade-off right now this year, he played good defense last year, not taking that away from him, but mm-hmm. his defense has been so great, and the power hasn't been there. Um, a little bit of a little valley right now, but I know he's going to get out of it. And you mentioned we are deep in pitching. We also, I would say we're like so deep that we have oh what do we do but we do have and had at the time this pipeline of these left fielders that are fast that play good defense mm-hmm. a little bit of pop you know we're talking about the Kelnicks, the Cade Marlowe's the Fraley's mm-hmm. that you know like we have a, a Taylor Trammell who's down in our system and then now you add Kenzen where you're like okay we have a lot of these these like 250 guys that run the bases good and play defense as well. Not the thing I we the Mariners hang our hat on, but Jake Fraley, I, I really liked his game. What have you guys enjoyed him there? Yeah, a lot actually. I mean, the Viking. I mean, he's just another. He's just become a clubhouse staple. Uh, and and he's he's right now he's dealing with a pressure fracture in his toe, and he's just playing through the pain because he said, "I love these guys. I love this team." This is a special team. I can deal with the pain. Let's play through it. It's like, that guy rules. He gets it. Uh, you mentioned Taylor Trammell also started with the Reds. Oh, that's right. And then he went to the Padres briefly, right? Mm-hmm. And then yep. to the Mariners. He was a part <laughs> of the uh, the trade for America's sweetheart, Trevor Bauer. So, oof. Oh, man. what What is baseball without that guy, right? You know? Um. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. We don't. We have no I, idea. <laughs> I forgot you guys had Trevor Bauer for for what actually was he when he was with you guys is that when he threw the ball into the stands? He got traded the next uh, two days later from That's the guard right. for all the from the the Cleveland franchise formerly known as the Indians. Then they traded him here, and then that that was the night. Oh my god! Remember that brawl? You might not that massive brawl between the Reds and Pirates where Amir Garrett yep. went and did the flying punch. And then Puig ran from right field and got into the squabble. Well, five minutes before that happened, they announced that the trade had happened. 
They announced that Puig got traded to the guards for Bauer. That's right. And, and then Puig had no idea, so he just ran out and just started just throwing fists, being the wild horse, and then gets suspended for three games <laughs> and has to serve him up in Cleveland. It was a pretty good deal. Cincinnati Red Baseball on Fox Sports Ohio is brought to you by Chevy. Check out our award winning lineup only on your three estate Chevy dealer. <laughs> And by a skylight chili, feeling's good. It's just kindly time. And then of course, you know, we we got to talk about it in the 90s, 1999 or 2000, of course. Uh, probably how you felt about Winker. And oh, there you go. Oh, my gosh. What is that? Is that dad and son bobbleheads? The, no, it's the dual combo Let's Griffey see. Mariners, Griffey. right? Griffey oh. Reds. That is amazing. So we are looking at a bobblehead of Ken Griffey Jr. in the teal sleeves, Ken Griffey Jr. in the red tops, white jersey. Wow, that that is amazing. So you got that at a game? Uh, I got this. I don't remember how I got this. Honest, I I just have so many bobbleheads that are just given to me, and I don't know. People are like, "Do you want it?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll collect. Yeah, whatever." Like I've got thirty bobbleheads in front of me, and uh. Yeah, I, I just accumulate them. I forget how I got this one. I did not go no, to that that's game an in amazing, 2016. That is an amazing bobblehead. Um, so when you guys got Griffey, I mean, to me, that was the – you take Castillo, how you felt about Castillo leaving. You take uh, Winker, Suarez, you throw them all into that. Those were your guys. I don't even know if that would add up to how I felt about that. Um, yeah. you know, at the time I'm like, we still got a rod who to know who would have known that he was, well, we all did that. He was going to leave yeah. and become the guy he turned into, of course. But, um, man, uh, such a, such a low day in Mariners history to me, even though there was good times after, how did it feel? I mean, you're a young guy probably when that happened. Um, well, let's paint the picture What it's January of 2000. You know, yep. I'm 10 years old. I'm in the prime of like, I'm into baseball, baby. Right. This is awesome. And I'm into starting the big to stars. Yeah, I'm starting to remember games. Like, it's all coming in. And like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm 33 now. But uh, when it happened, I was like, hell yeah, here we go. The Reds are back. All I've heard about since I was a kid was the big red machine and all this stuff they did. We just got Ken Griffey Jr., the best baseball player on the planet. He's from Cincinnati. He's back. And then his knees exploded and ruined my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Him and Frank Thomas from the right side. I think I've seen <sighs> those are the hardest home runs I've ever seen. Actually, I take that back. The hardest home run I ever saw kingdom, Randy Johnson, Mark McGuire he hit two in this one game, but he hit the back of the kingdom, which it was a deep shot. which was oh. really, really deep. And the, and it didn't like just kiss off the wall. It hit it and shot back. And I don't know, probably, <laughs> Took some old lady out. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, obviously, you saw the, uh, the All-Star game. What did you think about with the Mariners fans that were in attendance doing the pandering they were doing for Otani. What do you think about that? I love it, dude. I, I, I think it would be great if Otani went to Seattle. I mean, he'd get to hang out with his best bud and hero Ichiro every day. I mean, that sounds ideal to him. And then you add a guy who won't pitch next year. So it still leaves a spot in the rotation open for Robbie Ray when he comes back and you can have him DH or you know what, if he's, if he's, you're worried about his arm and maybe he's light throwing, he could play some left or right field. And then, after a couple years, you can throw him in the pen and he could be your closer and DH. Holy cow, you have fixed yeah. a lot of problems with just yeah, signing and I, him. And you've seen in the, the last couple of games, our bullpen is still kind of searching for its identity since Seawald came back. I know that can't he can't help us this year. Maybe not even next year, but I wouldn't mind having a traditional closer. Just somebody to come in there and shut the thing down. You guys are the new Nasty Boys, but you remember the old Nasty Boys? Everybody had a role on that. Mm-hmm. And look how successful they were. I do understand the high leverage pocket approach mm-hmm. to it. Because maybe sure. when you're closing, you might have the bumps, you know, at the end of the lineup. <laughs> but but it's a different temperature. I feel like it's just everything is different in the ninth inning. I don't know. What do you think about that? So I have a problem with the high leverage situation when you don't have someone who was built for it. Um, Agreed. And that like you saw a little bit of it last night with Alexis Diaz. He actually closed the door, but it was bumpy. It was really bumpy. And Munoz, it was the same thing with him. Those two dudes are closers. You leave them there. You don't have them go into a hold situation. I get what they're saying too, high leverage, all this stuff. But it's different. You're not closing in the seventh inning. You're closing in the ninth. And a lot of those dudes have to hype themselves up and have a routine and get into it no matter their talent level. So I think if you have a closer, they stay as the closer. They only pitch the ninth. That's it. And it's not a hold situation either. It is a go out there and get this game for a situation. I agree with you. I can see certain hold situations. If we're talking about the 11th inning, the 12th inning, sure. you know, then, then that's different. I think that's a whole different thing. You know, you, you bring them in, you know, you got your good guys coming up. You got the ghost runner on second base, which also, you know, kind of skews a lot of like blown saves and uh, things like that. But yeah. I, I agree with you where you the high leverage situation. I don't know what's more high leverage than closing the last three outs of a game. <laughs> you know, you got the, if you're on the if, if you have the road, if you're in the road, the stadium's awake. People got their cap rally caps on. If, if you want getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one of a kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's going to be annoying like some of the Mariners fans and put the rally shoe, which I can't, I don't have time to get into that. But Oh, I know uh, all yeah. about it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think I agree with you with, that 
I don't like, or I do wholeheartedly agree with you. I don't like the hold thing. Circumstances, okay, fine, but for the most part, I don't like it. I have a little project. Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand name power tools for his latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, for once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat. It's a light bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. Reds fan, real quickly, too. What is your stance on Pete Rose? No. No. Don't. If you're going to say put him in the Hall of Fame, I've been very firm on this stance. Uh, no. Uh, not just because of betting on baseball, but because he had opportunities to get out of it, and he lied and continued to lie. And then when it came time, you know, he fessed up. He fessed up because he was selling a book. What a dirtbag. You know, I get it. It's not it's not the hall of hall of good people. It's the hall of fame. I get it. But you can easily tell baseball story without Pete Rose. You know, so with Pete I, with Pete Rose, with Pete Rose, how what is the general feeling around Cincinnati? I know he played for the Phillies too, but what is the general? Is it like a would you say it's like he needs to be in there, or would you say it's it's more on 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 in your on your side. People there. people love Pete. Uh, I don't get it um, because of that. And you know he grew up in Western Hills, West Side of Cincinnati. People are obsessed. Oh, I love Pete. It's so odd. You know here people are endearing and embrace him, and they love him so much. And the Hit King, and he should be in the Hall. And they forgive him time and time again. Whenever you like talk to somebody. You go, hey, what do you think of Pete Rose? One out of four people are going to have a story. Or, well, two, you know, actually one out of two people are going to have a story about meeting him. Half the time it's going to be like, man, he was so nice. He was so great. The other time is he was such a dirtbag and so unbelievably rude. Let me tell you. So um, I also have a policy. Um, you can't be in the Hall of Fame if you dated children. So I can subscribe to that rule. So yeah, it's a, and, it's a pretty easy rule to follow and not break. Yeah, man. So I didn't know how, how loosey goosey, but that's that's the politest way I can put it. If you just uh, Google Pete Rose, 14 year old, you'll find a lot and it's pretty gross. So uh, that's another reason I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. That Those are some uh those are some strong uh, reasons right there. Uh, so let's switch it on to somebody that I think would be beloved in beloved in your city, very yeah. beloved in ours, and you know actually brought you guys a world title, got us the playoffs. Of his sweet Lou Lou Pinella, how is he perceived in uh, Cincinnati? Lou's a hero, man. Lou was the man, dude. I mean, there's so many there's so many photos around town of him sitting in the manager's office feet up on the desk with a Budweiser on the desk with three packs of Marlboro Reds. You know, you can't go into a sports bar without seeing Lou Pinella chucking second base and signed yeah. by him. I mean, he was a hero. He's a, he's like a folk legend, dude. He, you yeah. know, rambling, gambling, loud, you know, just put, just putting cigarettes out on his pony cleats. Like what a cool guy. Yeah, I just remember getting Lou Pinello when I was young when he first showed up. And it was just like that was like the symbol of winning on this team was him. Uh, Lou Pinello is very, very beloved. Uh, I think he actually spent more time as a Mariners coach, but obviously won the title with you guys. Was there when Marge Schott was around. So, I mean, he had 
he had George Steinbrenner as a boss and he had Marge Shaw as a boss. And then you had these Jeff Smolian and these, and then the Nintendo guys, probably a, a lot chiller. And then he went to Tampa Bay, real chill. Then goes yeah. to Chicago where they're just desperate for anybody to come in here at the time. But <laughs> please somebody yeah. win us one. But uh, Lou Pinella, I did get to see him during all-star week. And I said to him, he was in, he was up there signing autographs. I wasn't going to wait in line for any of that, but mm -hmm. I, I looked, there was a break where somebody was authenticating whatever he was going to sign. Right. It was probably a Pete Rose book or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, so, so there's just a moment where he's sitting there and I go, Hey, sweet Lou. And he like looked over to see, he was looking at him and he went like, he went like this to me. Uh. And I, and I actually was holding my phone going like, no way he's going to do it. And he's like six feet from me. And all of a sudden this girl just moves right in front of the goddamn camera when she's going, when he's uh. going like, it was a great moment. The receipt of my moment is people laugh at the, more of the yeah. person walking in front of me because you can hear me go, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an excellent live. I don't know what it is, Dr. Vanilla. My life just isn't going the way I'd planned it. Every time I turn a corner, there's some sort yeah. of... Wine, wine, wine. I've had it with your excuses. Yeah. You're acting like a loser. But you I... want therapy? Yeah. I'll give you therapy. Get off your duff, get out of here and make something happen. Do I make myself clear? Aren't you glad he decided to manage the Mariners instead? Next. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, we met each other out at Edgar's. I know that you're doing the new Nasty Boys podcast. We had talked some podcast stuff, but you actually do shirts too, right? Pretty yeah. successfully, I might add. I might add. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's called In the Clutch. It is a sports apparel t-shirt company so we also do hoodies uh, um but uh we're we have a full mlbpa license and we actually last year did a shirt for the mariners bullpen and all of those guys wore it and they wore it on the field you matt brash wore it in a post-game interview um our other big mariners uh design is we have a big dumper design with cal with a big old tuchus i think that's the one you that we met and you saw me wearing yeah. Um, and we're dropping one this week and it's, uh, it's Julio with a trident dressed up as brick from Anchorman saying, I just killed that ball with a trident. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Deep cut for those comedy and baseball fans. I love it. Yeah. And I, then, uh, we've got, we've also got Savannah bananas, Negro leagues, um, uh, just a ton of different stuff on there. We got stuff for everybody. If you're not just a fan of the Mariners, we have it for every team in Major League Baseball. So it's pretty cool. 
And again, that where can they go find this? In the clutch.com. In the clutch. Use the in the clutch and use the promo code nasty boys, all caps, to get 10% off. So that's pretty cool. So in the clutch. Ladies and gentlemen, a very funny man. Please welcome from Seattle, Jay Buner. Here's one for you. Horse walks into a bar. Bartender says, hey, why the long face? Here's one for you. Aren't you glad he decided to play right field for the Mariners instead? Well, we had a good time here. I've had a good time talking to you with Billy. I've been waiting to talk with you since we met out in Edgar's. I know there's a lot of Mariners and red stuff to get to. We didn't even get into David Bell. We we did get into Winker and Suarez. There's Brandon Williamson. We talked a little bit about Fraley, a little bit about Marte. There's Connor Phillips, Luke Weaver, Norm Charlton, Justin Dunn, Castillo, Mike Cameron, Dan Wilson, Brett Boone, Eric Hansen, Bobby Ayala, Edwin Arroyo, Levi Stout, Griffey Sr., Griffey Jr., ever heard of him, Taylor Chamel, <laughs> and of course we have Don Canzone, uh, Ohio State alum, and you guys have Spencer Steer from Long Beach, Washington, University of Oregon, and of course C.J. Stuckey, the clubhouse visitors, clubhouse attendant <laughs> from Everett, Washington. Outside of the C.J. Stuckey, I the rest of those and you gave me taylor chamel this was all off the top of my head there might be more people to talk about but i'm thinking we talk in the off season and we get together we get our co-hosts and we kind of have mm -hmm. a reds mariners brady bunch family family reunion type of episode i think it'd be a lot of fun count me in dog I'm, I'm i'd be so excited thrilled anytime i get to talk about the reds and mariners always makes my day and the one last question i have for you because this is something i've seen in the broadcast they are making a big deal about it on the mariners broadcast can you tell me a little bit about redzilla redzilla it is hilarious redzilla is the only uh baseball vehicle of its kind Basically, it's like a, uh, a John Deere Gator, you know, those like all terrain. Yeah. Okay. And then they just put on the back a Gatlin gun that shoots foam balls into the crowd. Yeah, why? I saw that. No one knows why. It just showed up one day and we were like, <laughs> Redzilla? And then it just was like, <laughs> and we were like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> Someone had like a fever dream to be like, well, what if we, what if we just could find a way to shoot foam faster? I got it. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and what's so funny too is that it does this and it fires off. And then every time it pulls back in and goes behind like uh, the center field wall and they close the gate, the, over, the PA announcer goes, mission accomplished. And we're like, we didn't know this. They had a mission. What is it? Yeah, what is it? What was it? See, no I thought I thought it shot T-shirts. That's what they were trying to say on the on the show. But then they said that they had a, I mean, on the Mariners broadcast. But then they mm. said they had a problem because they were shooting the T-shirts over into the river. That I guess the they it is the strongest shooting gun uh, or foam gun or air gun that Major League Baseball has. Yes, and I I I know I don't think they ever actually tried to put T-shirts into it. That's the first I heard of it because they have yeah. they just have the Reds rally pack that just stands up on the you know the uh, home and visiting <laughs> dugouts. They're just like yeah, bang bang. They take like an old Tippmann paintball gun and just make a just take a two by four or no no big CV uh, PVC pipe, cut it, 
slap it on and then fire the t-shirt in it. So that's how you make a t-shirt cannon, if you ever wanted to know. And uh, <laughs> fire those off. So, yeah. yeah, they didn't need it. I, I, It's hilarious. I have a Redzilla t-shirt that I won from someone actually just throwing it at me and not Redzilla. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, yeah it, it makes no sense. And they're right to be enamored by the beast that is Redzilla. <laughs> well, hopefully I'll get out there sometime soon. I know you guys are playing here in on the West Coast next year. So hopefully we'll see you out here. Yeah. But we're going to talk to you in the off season. But it's nice to sit down and chop it up with you, Billy. Thanks for yeah, coming on the course, pod. My road. Pretty interesting there. Not everybody in Cincinnati wants Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but it was pretty interesting to hear that he thinks Otani would fit in here. So uh, I know my cousin's going to be liking this episode, you know. Nice. Yeah, I'm not surprised about the Pete Rose uh, comments. I mean, it's pretty much can go either way. But, yeah, really, really interesting to get a perspective from him being the Cincinnati Reds fan that he's been his whole life. Yeah, and, uh, of course, I like – like to get all the information I could about Redzilla shooting all the uh, foam balls into the stadium from a Gatling gun. I thought it was a t-shirt thing, uh, but uh, I think it'll be fun this uh, off season to sit down with him and his co-host and kind of do that Brady Bunch uh, Mariners and uh, Reds family reunion of all the transactions and history have with each other. Yeah, sounds fun. Well, with that being said, thank you again for liking, subscribing, and following, and doing all your due diligence that you do for Rye Bread and Mustard, the Mariners podcast. Also, remember to go check out In the Clutch to check out those Mariners t-shirts or whatever other team you you like. Uh, Billy's got a bunch of good shirts on there. Use the code NASTYBOYS to get yourself a discount. Also, you can also get our Rye Bread and Mustard, the Mariners podcast gear if you want to be if you want that street cred wearing the ride bread go to at simply.cora that's at simply.cora on instagram or etsy we'll be back for sure on monday but you never know when we're gonna drop a new episode with content that's why you want to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of that i think we've covered all of our bases here hey this is going to be an emotional ride every single day for you fans out there just remember it we're in a boxing match now we're gonna take some hits we're gonna give them back but i mean would you rather uh, be watching a team that you know is up by seven or eight games in the standings and you're stressed out if we're gonna you know uh shit the bed or would you rather be like you know the oakland a's or anaheim angels i'll take the stress any day of the week right yeah it I heard someone put it to today like this. Every game's like a one-game playoff as far as intensity and every pitch mattering, mattering, or every pitch that matters during the game. So, yeah, it's a great time of year. So enjoy that stress burger. With that being said, Hanno, you know what time it is. Ciao. <laughs>